Welcome everyone to the Russell Show. I'm your host Russell Chaudhary. I can't wait to jump into this podcast episode. Episode number 98, we have a special guest, Matt Muller. So in this episode, we'll discuss with Matt his newest book called The Mindful Innovator. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on our podcast. Let's dive in. Hey Matt, thank you so much for joining me in this episode. I really appreciate it. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Russell. This is awesome to, to meet you and uh, be with your audience. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. Like you're giving us the valuable time. And I know like we had some kind of misunderstanding on the timing period. <laughs> well, actually you made me like uh, recording that 11 p.m. for my time. Yeah, so <laughs> I appreciate uh, you joining me in this call. And yeah, we have like interesting things to talk about, which is like your newest book, which is the Mindfulness Innovator, right? Yeah, the Mindful Innovator. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go deep into it and understand uh, what, what's the book about and what my audience can learn from it. And before we get to that, like I'd love to know and my audience would love to know, like who is Matt Muller and why did you write the book? Uh, what do you actually do for a living? Yeah, so I uh, live in the United States here. And uh, I work in the corporate field uh, in a mix of different roles. So I started off as being a retail associate going into uh, the CPG industry and, and learning, you know, about how to uh, really understand what's within syndicated data and understand like, you know, the trends that we're seeing yeah. within that data and how that might help our business grow, uh, how it might help uh, create a better consumer experience. Uh, and then from there, I went into the innovation field and it was really interesting okay. to be able to say, go in from this, you know, reading data to all of a sudden yeah. saying, okay, now how do you take action from this data and actually innovate, mm -hmm. which was really different. And going into that field, it was really just humbling and crazy to just imagine all the different ways that we could innovate. I remember when I first was asked um, to join the team. Yeah. It was crazy. My mind was, was wandering, like, like, Every single night, what could we do? You know, we need to put robots within the stores. We need to, you know, think of artificial intelligence that we can, can add, digital yeah. screens. We probably need to have an app. All these, like, you know, tech forward things that we can do. I started reading a ton of books on innovation, you know, and just really trying to understand what is the right process we should use? What's the philosophies of innovation and how might we use that to, to really become, you know, innovative? Yeah. And what I learned over a couple of years being within innovation was that, uh, I overcomplicated it. And I think a lot of people do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, you know, the sayings like disrupt or die, fail fast, like those types of sayings. If we all kind of adopt those within innovation or even in just, you know, corporate business itself. And it makes us really move fast. Like, you know what? We need to innovate or we're going to die. You know, we need to yeah. really fail fast. And what happens is that all of a sudden we start making really rash decisions. Um, things that we don't think fully through and we just kind of move for the sake of moving. So right. I would say that I was innovating, but yet I was just making a rash decision and moving forward. Um, and what was I really gaining from that? Mm. So the book that I wrote really comes down to those experiences that I've had over the last 20 years within retail, within syndicated data, and now within innovation um, to really just break down what does innovation really mean? Exactly what is it? Because I think we get it all wrong. Yeah, and I know, like I said, I overcomplicated it, right? It reminded me a lot uh, when I was going through this of when I first got my cell phone, when I had my first smartphone. And I remember like just looking at my messages all day long, text messaging, emails, uh, social media, just checking my feed constantly, consuming <laughs> the whole internet. 
everything I could do and find on that phone I was doing. And yeah. I don't know if you ever had this, uh, Russell, but like I used to feel like my thigh buzzing when my phone, my phone wasn't even in my pocket, but I thought it was like ringing. You ever had that kind of experience? Yeah, like, yeah. Really I, like I, I used to have that, but I limited myself, uh, like uh, thinking of it. But yeah, I had the experience like uh, when I'm constantly thinking about someone messaging me or something like that, even though it feels like it's buzzing, but it's not actually buzzing. It's on my head, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like this that hit a dopamine. But when it comes down to innovation and the complexity that I was adding to it, my mind was wandering and always going all over the place like it was when I had my cell phone. And I realized I really wasn't being present in with the moment. Mm-hmm. So when I uh, had that issue with my cell phone, I used mindfulness to really correct that. So I, I didn't keep my phone on me constantly. Um, I really tried to stay in the moment. I meditated a lot and really just tried to gain control of my mind, yeah. uh, re-control of my mind. And innovation was exactly like this. I said, what if I do apply mindfulness and meditation into innovation? Would that help kind of give me some clarity and stop mm-hmm. me from just, you know, moving fast? You know, could I actually slow down to be faster and more purposeful with my innovation? And that's kind of the, what the book is about. It's all about uh, really slowing down so you can move faster, more purposefully uh, and come up with real innovative uh, solutions and create real change. And that's where like the, the impetus of the book really kind of came from. Yeah, that's that's a great story. Like, uh, so last 20 years, whatever you experienced in your life, that actually came up into the book, like helping others. So what are like a top five thing like you can say actually help our listeners if they get the book or like a, what, what would be like a benefit from that? Yeah, the benefit of the book is really to help, uh, I think, kind of chunk out Mm-hmm. how you can create change within your life. Uh, so when we think about innovation and you know moving forward and, and kind of that tech forward piece of it, and if we kind of dropped that and just started from the beginning, what was innovation like before um, there was a book, before there was a process or yeah. a mantra that you may have used? You know, what was innovation back in 3500 BC when we created the wheel? There was no design thinking. There was no, no. stage gate, right? Yeah. So how do they invent the wheel without those processes? And really just kind of think mindfully about that. Um, and then apply that kind of thought process to the things that we do on a daily basis. So using that case study, uh, I really broke it out into three mm-hmm. different parts when we think about innovation. And to kind of go into those uh, three parts, thinking about that wheel. So it was in, invented in ancient Greece. Uh, yeah. And the first wheel isn't what we actually think it probably is. Uh, what it, everyone thinks it's like, you know, it's a wheel that we use to kind of get around. Or, yeah. Um, but no, the actual first wheel was a potter's wheel. And right. the reason why that potter's wheel was invented was because in ancient Greece, when um, population started to grow, yeah, one of the biggest commodities in Greece was pottery. They used it to fetch water from wells. They used it to um, store food, cook food, eat food. Mm. Um, plant uh, herbs for their garden and they even cremated people and put them in pots. They yeah. pots were used for everything. So potters had this big issue of being able to keep up with the demand. So that was their problem. And what they thought about was, well, what if we were to create something that would help us make a, 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 a pottery a little bit faster? And they're like, well, we go around the rim of this clay over and over again. Imagine if the, the rim kind of came to me and I can form it. Yeah. And that's when all of a sudden they said, well, what if we created a surface that spun around uh, and we were able to form pottery? And they did that and they were able to make it four or five times uh, as fast by introducing this new invention. So mm-hmm. the first two components of innovation really does become what is the problem? 
and how can I solve this creatively? If we think about those two things, you're yeah. almost all the way there. So that's the first start of it. And then the next layer uh, we learned from Greece as well about a thousand years later. And there was a foreman at a temple site that was building a temple. Yeah. And he was getting materials from one site, one side of his site to the other. Right. And it was taking forever to get stuff from one side to the other. So he thought about this idea of using the potter's wheel and saying, well, what if I take this potter's wheel and I actually put an axle on it and mm -hmm. a two handles and we're able to push product from one side of the, the site to the other, inventing the wheelbarrow. That was a great problem, a great yeah. creative solve. But the problem that he had after that was getting people to actually purchase this thing. The problem was is that it was so over-engineered that no one would purchase it. It was way too expensive. Mm -hmm. So nobody would accept it uh, until he had another foreman actually try it out for free. And when he did that, he actually saw that he was saving about four days worth of labor on his site by using the wheelbarrow. Right. When that news got out, that's when people started to accept the wheelbarrow as an invention, as an innovation. And it took off, as we see today, where the wheelbarrow is still being used. So yeah, when we yeah. think about innovation, it is those three components. It comes down to the problem, what does the creative solve, and then getting others to accept it. So bare bones, nothing else, it's those three things. But then how do you apply mindfulness to those three things and really work through what is that real problem? What is that, could that creative solve really be? And then how am I going to get other people to actually accept this? Because what might be creative to you to solve a problem? Yeah might not be uh, to me, right? So it's just a matter of making sure that you really think about all three components mindfully uh, within that moment and understand others' points of view, then we really become uh, innovative. Yeah, yeah, thank you for explaining this. And we come up with like, a, we actually understand the innovation, like we creating so many different things every single day, every single seconds, there's a new product or new things, new services came along. Uh, serving like a different type of purpose. Um, there's a technology, Bitcoin, blockchain, etc. Now NFTs, metaverse. There's so many new innovation coming. But what is actually need for mindfulness? Uh, and you talked about uh, as well. And which is actually need for us? Like we, you just mentioned before. Like a, when your phone was in your pocket, even though it wasn't buzzing, it felt like someone vibrating or like it was ringing. But it's actually not. We come up with the innovation like a could be a social media is a great innovation for connecting with us like we connected through social media some kind of platform the zoom and internet but how mm -hmm. mindful we are in terms of using them are we overusing them how are we using them so in terms of like in your book do you talk about these kind of things like how to use it properly the innovation right yeah it's a great point so the way i talk about within the book is really understanding um you know, when uh, should we innovate, right? Why should mm -hmm. we innovate? Uh, and not like that user experience piece of it, but really thinking about as the innovator, yeah. uh, what is the problem that you're really trying to solve? So we can create another social media outlet that's a lot like, um, like TikTok, mm -hmm. but is it different? Is it solving a problem or is it just another one of those services? Yeah. So what you want to do is you really want to think about from the user's perspective, what is that true problem? Uh, one case study that I really dove deep in was uh, a, a case study called Thirsty Dog. And it's a story about a gentleman that created a water that solved the problem of, well, he didn't like to give his dog tap water. Right. And uh, he thought it was a lot of chemicals in it. It yeah. was not healthy for him. So he's like, I think I can create a bottle of water that would be really good for dogs. And he created that water. 
And when he first did it, uh, he tested it out with about 40,000 dogs. And it was like 95% acceptance rate to the water versus tap water. Dogs absolutely loved it. He started to sell the water and uh, he put it out on the shelves across the country in the US. Um, but there was one problem. Dogs, they just don't have wallets. They can't yeah. make the purchase of water. So what was his problem of his dog or, or him feeling guilty about giving his dog tap water wasn't the general consensus of the population. Nobody else felt the same exact way he did. Other people were like, well, you know what? My dog drinks out of the toilet, so I'm okay giving, yeah. him, giving him tap water. It's okay. So that wasn't a real problem, uh, which means that the water was not going to sell, um, sell. So after the water originally went to stores and he sold it into the stores, it never really left the shelves and made it into consumers' hands because nobody was willing to make that purchase. Mm -hmm. So when we think about innovation and we think about you know usage, we got to think about not only just you know what we want, but also what our, of course what our consumers want. What does that, that uh, audience want? Uh, yeah. To really think about what could be innovative. Yeah, that's that's a great way of thinking as well. Like, is that innovation? Like, uh, is there someone like? myself like i'm not like that kind of techie person or anyone kind of like a genius i love to follow things do you think like a is a normal joke and build something innovate something and create a customer base or start a business from it or like do you think like you have to be a genius in turn terms of like being innovative no absolutely not i think every single person in this world is capable of creating great change mm -hmm. um, every single one of us and i'm surprised so few of us do yeah. But when I started thinking about the reasons why, and I've done like a lot of studying on this, but I, I believe it all comes down to fear. A lot of us are, are really fearful about creating change. And it could be a whole slew of different things, whether it's that we are fearful that people are going to laugh at the idea, or sometimes even are people afraid of change, of, of change themselves. Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of us have a hard time with that. Uh, so, so I think that a lot of us avoid creating change uh, and innovating. But Anybody, I think that if they take those just real simple steps of understanding truly what is that problem and thinking about, you know, from the user perspective of, of really yeah. where the issues are, they are on the right path of creating change. And that's just a matter of creating that, um, that solve, that getting in, tapping into your creativity, which a lot of us really have a hard time doing. And again, I, I do believe that is part of fear. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of other people can innovate. So no, you don't have to be the smartest man in the room, the smartest woman in the room. You absolutely can innovate. It's just a matter of taking that leap and understand that you really can do it. Yeah. So every every time like we think about innovation and it comes to like a product uh, kind of orientation, right? Like certain app, certain technology, or like uh, certain things we need to create. Do you believe like innovation could be like a psychological as well? like that way we can think that way we process some kind of problems and thinking outside of the box and like processing our life relationship mindfulness or like processing our goals yeah i think a lot of it comes down to the, the psychological side of things yeah. where um when we think about the acceptance piece the acceptance piece is all psychological mm. right um there is uh, this one interesting idea that came out where it was it looked like a cd player and the CD player um, was telling a story through sense. So it really wasn't playing music. It was playing smells. And yeah. it would take you through like a journey where you might be hiking through uh, the Hawaiian mountains and you would smell, you know, the ocean to smelling the greenery through the forest, um, maybe a waterfall and just all these different smells. Yeah. Uh, and it was an expensive piece of machinery. It was a $40 piece of equipment. 
uh, and the disc that you had to purchase every single month. It was, it was a huge purchase and it really wasn't like a commercial idea. Interesting mm -hmm. idea, really cool, <laughs> but it wasn't something that, you know, the, the average person would, would make the purchase on it. And it really did fail the first couple of months that it was out, but it made it to shelves. And that was a big company that did that. Uh, and the reason why it made it to shelves was because of the psychological piece within the organization. So the person that, that pitched it had a lot of great relationships, had a great political alignment all across the organization. And having those types of relationships and those types of hooks in, in he was able to create a following uh, of, of folks to accept and to partner with him on creating this idea. Even right. though at the end of the day, it probably, they lost sight of the fact that um, it wasn't commercially viable. But it does come down to that, that psychological piece, that um, relationship piece to really create that acceptance to get it to, to really fall, fall through whether it's uh, that you're looking at it for the side of you know getting others to accept it or the psychological piece of you know what there's no way that i can do this and looking at both sides of it i mean it really does come down to that piece yeah yeah it's, it's about like a thinking that way we can think right we can mm -hmm. we can innovate creating things and that's how we evolving like a past generation to generation we come up with like a different type of things now recently we are talking about minimalism like how to live simply and being happy and if you go back in 20 years back no one actually talking about it now there's a podcast there is youtube channel and people coming for that kind of innovation right um that leading mm -hmm. to like a different kind of lifestyle <laughs> like a, a minimal a home that creating into like a product-based businesses as well making life is simpler and like that desk uh, becoming a uh, minimalist as well the computer desk the workspace your home minimalist yeah. bed so now innovation is coming to us like a different different kind of thing is yeah like you said like everything comes on a psychological level at the beginning and then actually evolves and that time comes so in terms of like the audience is listening to this uh, from your book what was the key value they can get from like uh, having like open-minded in mindfulness on a, becoming an innovator and do they have any kind of like a steps you need to follow in order to become who they want to be yeah i think the value uh, of reading this book really does come down to opening up your mind to that there's another way to do it mm -hmm. um and to, to not let the pressures of having to move fast um trip you up and have right. you make foolish mistakes where nothing is going to change overnight yeah. Um, but you are capable of making create great change if you just slow down and really think about every single move that you make and the future moves that you're going to make. And going through this book, going through mindfulness practices, we will meditate together. Mm -hmm. um, there will be hand uh, so workbooks as well to kind of get you through the process and kind of stair step you through. How do I really find the real problem and, and avoid the thirsty dog issue? Yeah. You know, it's going to tell you ways on how you can actually tap into your creativity. And right. it'll tell you ways to create those right partnerships, to collaborate, to diversify, and make sure that you're getting the greatest thinking out there possible. And it really all comes down to taking one step at a time. Mm. So we'll go through this journey together of about 13 chapters and really breaking it apart every single step along the way that allow you to really just compartmentalize what you're doing on a daily basis and yeah. stop you from just kind of walk, running through that hamster wheel that you're doing every single day. And this will work no matter whether it's in your business life, in your home life, in church, wherever you may be, wherever you are a leader, it will help you really understand the current situation so you can better prepare for tomorrow.
Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. And you also like to help them and coach them and guide them, right? With, with your yes. program. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, how how I, does I your program work? I'm sorry, Russell? How, how does your program work? If, if anyone wants to get help from you, like how does your program work? Yeah, so the first part is absolutely to read the book, but then um, you can go to my website, themindfulinnovator.co to learn a little bit more about exactly how I can help out with, uh, with your business, with any of your problems that you may be seeing. And I can help definitely walk people through it. And it does really all come down to the, the breakdown of that book is the yeah. process. So you, you could absolutely do it on your own, but if you need that extra push, you need that accountability. I'm definitely here yeah. um, to walk you through it and, and help you f- solve those bigger problems that you may have. Yeah, thank you for that sharing. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So yeah, we're running out of time for this podcast and it was great learning from you and learn more about your book as well. So yeah, those who's listening to them, like what's the best place to find you in social media or website and they can reach out to you? Yeah, first off, themindfulinnovator.co. You could definitely reach me on, on my site there. A bunch of articles to read on there as well if you're interested in learning a little bit more about how to dive into uh, really solving the problem. There's a lot more information that's out there today. Uh, but you could also reach me on LinkedIn, uh, Matt Muller Innovator, uh, Matt Muller Innovating uh, at uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. And um, you can reach me on either one of those too. And of course, the book will be coming out in November. So if you want to get your book today, you absolutely can. Just go to Indiegogo and look up Matt Muller, the Mindful Innovator, to uh, make your purchase today. And you will be receiving that in November. And with the purchase in the pre-sale, uh, you'll get the workbook and all of the, um, all of the meditations um, sent to you directly. So you'll have those to start using very soon. Yeah, thank you so much for all those information. So yeah, Matt, thank you so much for coming to the show and yeah, spend some time with us and our audience. I really enjoyed this uh, podcast being with you. So hope you best of luck with your book launch and also with your business and career life and personal life as well. And thank you again. Well, thank you so much for the time. It was great chatting with you and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. So that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You know how to find Matt. Go check out his website and also social media platform. And yeah, get that book and learn more about his book and reach out to him if you need any consultation or coaching. Until then, stay safe, stay stay healthy. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you, everyone.